So we started on something, and, and we did, we, we, we had an experience today. How many enjoy these songs that we're singing about the presence of God? And, and I was just thinking about this while we were, um, while we were singing this. Uh, and I'll just tell you myself, because I love the presence of God. I, I love, um, I started this when I was a, a little child, that we would go up to the altar and just, just seek God. Just you, you, not something from him. Not, not trying to get something from him. Just, God, I want you. I want, and that's what these songs we're singing about. And, and I don't know about you, but that's a continual discovery for me in a reality form. Because we can't see God. Anybody relate to what I'm saying? <laughs> or am I just kind of burying my soul here? <laughs> that, that, that here's this God, and, and, and you know, especially if you haven't tasted and seen that he's good, it can be something that's kind of like of a challenge. It's like, uh, and, and, and really, it is for all of us. We haven't come close to a full discovery of the presence of God. It is something that is, is, requires our desire to go there. And so, we began to talk about some of this, that, and I kind of want to go from what I talked about last week a little bit, because anybody remember what I talked about last week that I, I believe was the heart of God for us? It was, it was about what versus where. And so much about um, what we relate to when it comes to religion is what we're doing. Doing something wrong, doing something right, you know, those kinds of things. And God's more concerned about where we are. And that's why when we sing a song like this, this is really the heart of God is I just want you to be with me. Now, here's the, here's the thing with the what sometimes when, when we are doing something that's out of line, what God hates about it isn't it. I don't know about you, but sometimes I, I, got, so, I got so guilty about something. That, you know, just Jesus said if we think thoughts, you know, that, that uh, we might as well be doing them, you know. And, and I, so I, I, I fully understood that. So I would let that become a hindrance to me being in the presence of God. And so what, what God hates about the things that, are, that we're doing or what he likes about what we're doing is how it enables us to be in his presence. So this presence thing is like, man, this is something we got to, this is actually how we were drawn to God in the first place. Do you enjoy being drawn to God? You know what? It's not all the stuff. It's not all the things. It's him. That's what our hearts long for. That's, that's what that, that thing inside of us wants to go towards. It's him. And if there's anything that's going to change a country, a people, it's not going to be just a bunch of ideology and, and, and those kinds of things. It's going to be the presence of God. Okay? So we talked about that last week. Some that there's a, there's there's actually a, a conflict between the what's and the where, and God says, if you can take care of the where, I'll take care of the what, right? So I I want to kind of segue from that a little bit today because uh, something that God's put on my heart that I, I believe <laughs> I went to Him and I said, God, man, this is kind of a challenge, uh, and, and I want this to be something that that will change you. And, and I said, God, this, this is something I need for myself. So if you don't mind, I'm going to share some stuff today that, that, I, that I'm, I'm latching on to for myself. Because 
I believe this is one of the biggest challenges for us as human beings, but especially as, as people that are pursuing God. And, and it has to do with our calling, okay? Um, so first of all, um, I want to try to get it into a, when, when we think about a calling, you know, and, and I looked it up, you know, I looked up some pictures, you know, you, you Google uh, calling, and what you get is a phone, right? <laughs> Everybody's on the phone, right? <laughs> and, 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 then, and then I finally felt like an elk. So, and the elk had his, mouth, his, his face up. So if you look on the, on the notes, that's what I, I decided to put an elk on there <laughs> instead of a phone. <laughs> because, you know, what, what is the elk doing? He's sticking his nose up in the air and he's calling. And if you go there in the fall, they're calling for a reason. They're calling so that they can reproduce, you know. <laughs> they're, they're calling to find somebody else who will get on board with them, you know. <laughs> and there's a, there's a desire to, to make a connection with somebody else. But... But I thought about it this way because it's what, what's wanting to happen whenever a call is, is given out, there's a desire to make a connection that will make a change depending on how that call is received. So if we can look at this as, as kind of like a, a, a call and then a called. So once you've taken the call, you're the called. Does that make sense? So if we can relate to it again a little bit more, we have this coming at us continually all the time, right? That people, I don't know about you, but I, I get all these emails, and most of them, I got, you get really good at filtering. Google kind of helps you do that too, right? Get rid of the spam, get rid of the junk, get rid of the stuff that's not going to relate. You don't want to have anything to do with but they get very clever at saying, and I'll just, again, bear my soul before you, just one sip of this before you go to bed at night. You'll learn, you'll lose 20 pounds in a month. Okay, I'll see what it is. Anybody fall for that? At least once, like a long time ago, please. <laughs> but something like that, you know, is because is, is, that, and it's coming at us all the time. And actually, there are some really legitimate things, you know. But what, is it, what do they do? And, and, and this is what I find out is, okay, I'm, maybe I'm a, I'm a sucker. <laughs> but what you find out is, is you say yes to one thing that they tell you, and they are not done. They got you. You answered the call. They're sending out a call. You answered the call to one degree. They want to take you a little further. Take me a little deeper. Draw me a little closer. I want to know you more. Oh, they love the sound of that. I want to know you more. That's, that's what they want from us, right? Because there are an innumerable amount of opportunities for us every day. There really are. You know, investments, things that we could be doing, thinking about, Right? And which ones make any difference in our life? They're the ones that we actually acknowledge, right? We actually are a sucker. <laughs> we actually go for it. And then the ones that really make a difference are the ones that we follow after, that take us further into their purpose. Does this make any sense? Right? And so... I want to look, because it's not just enough to receive a call, 
I'm going to become the called. That means I'm affected by the call. It changed my life completely. All right? And so I'm thinking about God's purpose for us. Why did Jesus come? What did he say about it? He said, I come. Yeah? Yeah? I've done this kind of with, with, with Braden. It's funny. I've got, a, I've got like, um, um, I've got several verses that I've taught him. And it's like, uh, if, I'll just say if, and he'll say, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things the best way, all, all things become new. You know, um, and then I'll say, B, and this is the one that my parents made me learn as a young child. Anybody guess where I'm going? Ephesians 4.32. Be kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even if you have three older sisters. <laughs> because God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So forgive your older sisters. Even, if, even though they're really annoying and bothersome. <laughs> but why did Jesus come? I am come that they might have life. And what kind of life? What kind of life do I want? How am I going to get it? Well, we got a lot of calls coming our way that are telling us how to have this thing that's inside of us that we already want, don't we? Which ones do we answer? The ones that are closest to us. The ones that we allow to get closest to us. Have you ever noticed that you can... You can have some really, we have some really good information coming at us right now. And, and there, are, there are incredible sermons being preached right now all around the world. But which one do you get to hear? This one. <laughs> because you're here. You're close enough, right? Which things are you most affected by? It's the things you're closest to. In fact, if you get close enough to somebody, it's like, uh, oh, where were we? Oh, I, I met somebody at the, at, the, uh, at the gas station. You know, sometimes there's a lot of noise going on around. In fact, there's, there can be some important information going all around you. But if you get close to a certain source, it doesn't matter what else is going around. You're still going to hear that source, aren't you? And it, it doesn't even have to be shouting anymore. It can just be, it can be a... a a whisper even. And it even helps if you get your eyes right on their mouth, right? That's why I despise masks. Because you can't, you can't see what you're trying to hear. It helps to hear if you can see too. And what makes that better? Getting close. Getting close. The calls that turn you into a called are the ones that you get closest to. Amen? And so what, what I want to do, and, I, and just be with me on this because I, I think this is important for us. What God wants to do is transform our life. He wants to give us life and life more abundantly. And if he's going to be able to actually do that, it's going to have to displace some other voices, some other calls that are coming our way. And the only way that happens is not just information, it's proximity. That's why what we were singing today is essential. You don't get a call from God. You don't, be, you don't become the called of God without getting close to the heart of God. Not just the information about him. Amen? 
You have to be close to him. And that is not a natural, normal thing. It has to be something that you decide to do. That's why we have so much to do with it. We can choose to, but you can taste and see that the Lord is good. And it's just like a snicker. I want another. Remember that Lay's potato chip, potato chip uh, commercial? What was it? You just can't have one or something like that? I forget what it was. Can't eat just one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the old, <laughs> it's kind of sad. Some of these commercials that were like classics, you can't, um, kids don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> Chocolate in my peanut butter. Yeah. What is that, Reese's? Yeah. I like the Toyota one. Uh, you asked for it, you got it. I like to, and I throw that at my kids, and they say, what are you talking about? Toyota. <laughs> you asked for it, you got it, Toyota. <laughs> but God was really responding to the cry of our heart with the answer that we need. But as great as the potential is, you can be right in the presence of it. You can be, it can be coming your way and it will never change your life until it gets into your ears and into your mind, right? And into your heart. And so there's, there's, there's this introduction that God makes of this life to us and it, and it will come. And I want to just touch on this today because what God wants to do is not just be a supplement to our life. Say, you're going that way. I'll, I'll just hang along. I'll, I'll tag along and kind of make what you're deciding to do better. No, he says, I, I want to take you on a completely different path that's going to be your life. Amen? So, how does the legitimate call from God come to us? And how do we begin to go down the path of becoming the called and not just the ones that hung up, <laughs> right? So let's just go here. I, I got a few things. I believe this will be good for us, amen? And I'd like for us when we get done, I'd like for us while we're doing this, and, and, and so I'm gonna ask the help of the Holy Spirit right now. I, each one of us are a spirit here today. Whether we, we think we're spiritual or not, we're, we're spirits. And sometimes we can, we can think we're figuring things out in our mind or we get discouraged in our mind because we can't figure something out in our mind. And the way God actually brings truth to us isn't through just our minds. It's through our spirits. Amen? But it requires there to be a response when he does bring it. Because if, when we shut down, what we become is somebody that's hearing another voice instead. And it doesn't matter how close God is, we're listening to this other voice because our focus is on it. Right? So I'd, I'd like to just take a moment. Let's just ask the help of the Holy Spirit right now. Because the Holy Spirit is hovering over each one of ours. And he's wanting to impart truth to us and take us to a place that we've not been. It doesn't matter how long we feel like, you know what, our... our Time on this earth is but a breath anyway. And to assume that we've uh, uh, achieved something or we've gotten to a place is, is to be missing out on what, where we can go. So let's ask the help of the Holy Spirit right now and say, Lord God, I am desperate to know you. 
Father, we do that right now. God, we just humble ourselves in your presence. And Lord, we thank you that, that we don't have to be among those that assume that we already have everything figured out in our minds when you're trying to speak to our spirits. When your calling is going out to our spirits, Lord God, we want to become sensitive to that place inside of us that can be changed by you and by your truth today. Lord, we don't want to just hear words from me. <laughs> we want to hear truth from you. We want to be changed by it today, Lord. And we ask the help of the Holy Spirit. God, we're, we're desperate to grow in this. We're desperate to, to know this life that Jesus came to give us. And we're desperate, Lord God, to be able to respond to your call to the point that it changes who we are. Lord, I pray that for each person today. Father, because until there is a, until there is a choice made to follow the call that you give us today, we might as well have not heard it. But we believe, Father God, that there's a seed of your truth going into each heart today. And I speak that there will be a transformation as a result of it. And I give you thanks for that now. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Jesus came to earth. We're going to have Christmas coming up pretty soon. Just landing in the manger was like a wonderful thing, right? There's a bunch of glory going on and, and angels singing and, and kings showing up and all this kind of stuff. It's a wonderful thing. But man, he was just getting started, wasn't he? Because he came with a purpose. That he had to fulfill on the earth. The father actually called him to fulfill a purpose. And Jesus was the best at this. Right? <laughs> so what did he do? He went through, a, man, 30 years of just being faithful to, to, to learn and find out who he was supposed to be. But then what happened? He, he, there was a guy that went before him that went out and started preaching something. What, what did John preach? And, and it's kind of interesting. This is something that's critical that I think we can touch on today. Is He said, repent, didn't he? For the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And then what did he do? He baptized them. So we got a baptism coming up. It's next week, right? Oh, the 30th. Okay, so, so we have some time. Ba baptism is, is, you know, it's kind of, I was thinking about it this way. Um. I could have just been living with my wife for the last, you know, 35 years. Say, ah, oh, we don't need to do anything else. We're just, we're just together. But something happens when you stand in front of God and everybody else around you. And then you put on this thing right here. Isn't that just a bunch of ritual? No, there's something about it. You've made a commitment to somebody, Right? You, you, you've, you've already made a commitment in your heart. You only should have anyway, right? <laughs> Unless you're one of those TV shows where, you know, married at first sight or whatever that is. So <laughs> but God considers it a, a co contractual commitment that we make to him when we say, I'm going to start listening to what you have to say about something and turn away from what my flesh has been telling me. And that's what John was preaching. He was saying, you know what? It's time. And what is it about the kingdom of God? It's the presence of the king. 
when he said the, the king, kingdom of God is here, what is he saying? Do you want to be close to a king that you're not honoring with your life? So he said, it's not enough to just repent. And what are you repenting of? It's, you know, even in the old time, even when Jesus came and the, and the law was still in place, I heard somebody talking about this, uh, that, that the law itself was not a diversion from knowing God. It was a way of knowing God. And even in the, in the Jewish uh, tradition, they didn't look at the law as something that they were just doing the law because God made them do it. The true people that, that were serving, you know, there were people in the temple that were praying for Jesus to come, that when they finally got to meet him, they were, they were doing it unto God. And they were, doing, they were doing what God gave them to actually know God. And their heart was right towards God. Amen. So when Jesus comes along and he and he's and John shows up and starts making this call out, and he's saying, "Repent." What's he doing? He's saying he's talking to a place that people already know. Even in the law that they've been given, they haven't been believing God. They haven't been communion with God. They haven't been using it to know God. They've been just using it as a religious ritual. Otherwise, why would, why would he be preaching this to them? Because Jesus hadn't died yet, right? No, there was a place for them to repent and to turn to God, even in what they knew to do, for it to not be something that's just their flesh, but for it to be a belief unto God. <laughs> so that's what he, he was preaching. He said, you know what? Repent. And then Jesus showed up when he's in the middle of, of baptizing. Even Jesus, you would think Jesus already knew, had a relationship with his father, right? But no, he said, even me, I'm going to humble myself. And I'm going to put on a ring that I'm married to God. I'm going to be baptized. I'm going I'm to make an outward declaration of what has happened on the inside of what's going on on the inside and here's the thing about baptism it's not just a one-time event it becomes a life experience that you're committing to just like marriage i i'm not done with marriage at the altar i'm just getting started that's the way baptism is and that's why it's so essential is is now you're, you're making a declaration that from now on i have something that i'm going towards amen that's why it's so essential to, to not put it aside. You might as well be shacking up with somebody until <laughs> you make that commitment, right? And that's kind of how God looks at, at baptism, and that's why it needs to be a part of what we do. You know, we have kids that aren't, aren't baptized. Let, let's get our kids baptized. If you haven't been, you know what? I baptized Buddy. Can you believe it? And he came back up out of the water. <laughs> In our swimming pool. <laughs> So this was the call that was going out. And what's interesting is after Jesus was baptized himself, God said, listen to this. This is my beloved son, right? Whom I'm, I'm well pleased. But what happened to him right away? He, he went into the wilderness for 40 days, right? And was tempted there. And he overcame the enemy in that place. But what did he do right when he came out of the, right when he came out of the wilderness? He started preaching the same thing that John was preaching. Jesus was making a call 
of the Father's heart. It was like the headline on a social media text or whatever, or an email. There's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity to know the Father. But to do so, you're going to have to change directions. You're going to have to change what you're listening to. You're going to have to change what you're near to. So, let's look at this in Matthew 4, 17. He said, finally, he's getting into the word. All right. (laughs) So, when Jesus... He had just come out of the wilderness. He had just been tempted. He had just overcome it. And this is the beginning of his ministry. You think, well, Jesus, why don't you just jump into healing people and everything else? Well, he's, he said, to really know the purpose of why I'm here, this is where it starts. It starts with repenting. It's not just saying, Jesus, be my Lord. It's repenting. It's saying, gone is the old way. Now there's only new for me. Amen. Matthew 4, 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is Jesus. This is the call of the Father. He's saying, you know what? I've come to give you life, life more abundantly. This is how you first say yes. How many have said this? Amen? But it becomes a lifetime mission. It's like, I told my wife at the altar that I loved her. I never have to do it again. It better be every day, right? (laughs) And all the women said amen. (laughs) It better be a continual cry of my heart. Ah, I love you. You know what happens when you don't? There's a receding that takes place. And an inability to respond to any communication that's coming from them in a way that's going to be productive. There's a necessity for there to be nearness, right? All right. So this, this, was, the, this was the call of the Father to the people. Jesus wasn't just preaching this for himself. This was the, this was the Father's call, all right? All right, let's go to James 4, 8. eight. So... <clears throat> When we look at repentance, a lot of times we, we want to think, oh, we, we put uh, making a list of all our wrongs. That's, what we, that's our understanding of what repenting is a lot of times. Is that kind of what we tend to fall into when we think about repenting? I don't believe this is what John or Jesus was the intent of their call. They were calling this out, preaching this, right? But the intent of it wasn't to just make a list of what you've done wrong. It's to just leave what you've done wrong and go another direction. So repenting is is not so much about focusing on the wrong. It's focusing on the right. Focusing on where you are going. It's like if you're in a plane, what are you continually doing? What is a a plane continually doing? A plane is, conti- is continually being affected by winds going different directions, right? Different influences on it. Continually, right? So what is it continually doing? Repenting. Saying, I was going that way, but I got to repent and go this way now. If it got focused on where it was repenting from, it could never get to where it's going. Can you see that? You can't look at where you've come from if you're truly repenting. Repenting is going to a new place. 
And so James, I believe, gives, gives us an understanding of what this is. And this is why it's so critical what we were doing today in talking about the presence of God. When we draw near to the presence of God, things happen that we cannot do for ourselves. And all we have to do is say, yes, I'm going to get close. And the choice is us. And what we find out when we, have, when we start to draw near to him, we can hear his voice. It's just like it's kind of hard to hear my voice if you're outside these doors right now. But if you come close, you can hear what God's saying. Amen? James 4.8. And when you draw close to God, God will draw close to you. Where is God? Right here. Right here. He's the elephant in the room that you can completely miss if you're looking at the mouse on the floor. You know? But if you start to draw near to God, what are you doing? You're repenting. You were somewhere else. But now you're choosing to draw near. You're choosing your trajectory for your life. And now because of that, God can begin to fulfill his call. He called you to that place in the first place. That's what Jesus was saying. Repent. Come close to God. Don't stay where you're at. Don't stay far away. Amen? Now listen, this, this, is, kind of, this is kind of a challenge here because we think, man, I got to wash my hands. I'm a sinner. Let your hearts, but I like this translation of it because it says, and let your heart be filled with God alone to make them pure and true to him. So God's saying, you know what? Those things in your life that are dark, because this is what sin is. It's darkness. Has anybody ever sinned? Did it ever, did it ever make you like feel really bright and cheerful and I mean, it might have gratified something in you, right? It's like your flesh is getting what it wants, and, and but it, but it's kind of like it's kind of like eating a great big hamburger. It, it feels good while it's in your mouth, but that's it. You know, it's like you got to deal with it the rest of the night. <laughs> Why? Because even in the moment that you're eating it, you know there's darkness all around. That thing. <laughs> All right, that's a little bit too much of that. But, but you know what I'm saying, as, a, as opposed to a nice, you know, protein shake or something. <laughs> Tastes good on the way down, and then you feel good on top of that. <laughs> the blessings of the Lord make rich, and they add no sorrow with them. That's actually a scripture, too. All right. Uh, but God says, I'm making a call out to you that's going to change who you are. Very important, if this is going to change you, for you to get close to it. Amen? Not to just say, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll put that in my review later category. I'll put that in, yeah, I'll, I'll pull it out of spam. I'll pull it out of spam. I'll put it in the main directory now. No, you actually need to get close to it for it to change you, right? And then the things that are dark, where you've been close to them, God begins to displace them by who he is. He's not so much, he, he's, not, he's not so mad about what we're doing wrong. He's mad about, or he's, he's frustrated with where we are. He said, if you'll just get near to me, 
I have life for you. <laughs> I'm calling you to life. Please answer. Amen? Okay, let's go to Romans 6, 3. Talk about baptism just a little bit more. We're, we've got to promote this, right? But we do, right? We need to be a part of God's heart there. In baptism, there's a response to the call for newness of life. Romans 6, 3 through 4. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should walk in newness of life. So what is he saying? He said, I'm calling you to let go of a dark life. Don't fix the dark life. Don't get rid of it yourself. Don't focus on it and let it become your fixation. Just let it die. Let it die. And then you can actually walk in newness of life. This is, what, this is a call he's making to us. This is an opportunity he's given us. And what does baptism do? It says, there's a time in my life when I said no more. No more. Am I going to live under that? I'm going to walk in newness of life. All right. Stay with me here. Okay. Acts 2.38. Peter's call for repentance and baptism as preparation to receive the Holy Spirit. So here's what Jesus first called to us. And we, we say we've done this. And I want to encourage you. This is who we are. This is who I declare that we are. We're, we're people who have, have repented from, from dead works and from things that are not productive. Right? From the darkness. That's who we are. But this is not where I'm staying here with this. God has a purpose beyond this. If this is what we say, I think we need to be continually uh, reminded. We need to be in like an airplane with this too. We need to say, today, I'm adjusting my life to what God's call is for me today. And I'm going to do that not by just deciding to because I'm a good person. I'm going to do that by getting close. You cannot help but have your life adjusted away from darkness and death to light if you get close to him. That's why it's so critical. <laughs> so then Peter said to them, so when was this? This is when the, this is the day of Pentecost, right? What were they doing? They're getting close to God up in an upper room. I said, God, I'm here for you until you fill me completely. Whatever it is, they didn't even know what it was. But they're waiting there, and, they, and God shows up with, as, a, as a wind and starts to blow. And tongues of fire are on their, on their mouths. They begin to encounter God in an incredible way, and they begin to impart the truth of the gospel to people that are all around them. And so Peter goes down and begins to preach to them. So what was Jesus and John's message? Repent. Kingdom of God is near. You want to be ready for the king? You want to be close to him? Then just make adjustments towards him. Make your heart being drawn to him, right? So he comes out, Peter comes down, his message becomes this. Repent sounds very similar, doesn't it? This repentance thing. I want to encourage us in this. Don't let repentance become a repulsive thing for us or something that we have to be embarrassed. No, we're just continually being drawn to the presence of God. That's what our repentance is. Amen? And in his presence like that, our hands are cleansed. 
We're made to be right. There's nothing like being right. And that only happens in his presence. Repent and let every one of you be baptized. He said, every one of you. He said, except for some of you for, from other cultures that don't really understand what I'm talking about. Oh, he said, everybody, right? Because this has to be something you, that you say, from this day on, I'm on a different trajectory from, than what I used to be. I'm going this way now. What are you doing when, when this happens? You're responding to the call of God for your life. Amen? To the remission of, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So partly what I just want to point out here is that Peter's talking about, he, he, he's, he's, he's addressing something that people see and experience in God that is beyond anything that they've ever seen before. How many want an experience in God beyond where you are right now? Amen? I think there is this continual going back to adjusting and saying, God, I'm going to draw near to you. I'm going to allow you to cleanse things from me that are, don't need to be there. Because you never get to the other level until you've gone to this one. But here's the wonderful thing about answering a call. It's just like that. It's like me clicking that, my, me adding to their click success. <laughs> they want to take you to another level that's going to transform who you are. You're not just going to be that weenie little guy that can't beat up anybody, can't beat up his older sisters. Now you're going to be the muscle man that looks like your 33-year-old son. I can actually do that if I just go to the next level. If I just actually start ingesting this stuff. God's calling us to that. And he said, you know what? Don't just stay where you are. Keep answering that call. Keep letting me take you higher, deeper. Why do we sing these songs? Because God has a purpose for our life that we won't be the called until we're actually answering the call right now. Amen? And you shall receive the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Let's go to uh, 1 Peter 2.9. So he's talking about people that are not living in a way that, you know, it's, it's not enough for you just to say, hey, hey, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't you tell me anything. Where, does, where would you expect the Holy Spirit to actually occupy? We have something to do with whether he's actually living in us, actually visible in us. He's come to abide in us, amen? But for him to actually be, be seen... I'll tell you what, my wife will not, she doesn't want to ride in my car unless it's in a certain condition. He's the most Holy Spirit. He's, he's the Almighty God. He, he's passionate about us. He said, I need you to at least let me come in and clean things up a little bit. I'm not even going to say you do it, but let me come in. Right? Because if I'm going to hang out here with you, we can't have socks laying on the floor and dirty underwear, you know, hanging on the counter, you know. <laughs> you got to let me do some cleaning if I'm going to do some hanging out. 
So Peter's talking about this. He says, but you are not like that. You're not like the ones that say, I don't want any cleaning in my house. I like it the way it is. I like that musky smell. He said, you're not like those. For you are a chosen people. What makes you chosen? You identify as chosen. You get to decide. You know, people are deciding their identity a lot these days. You get to decide whether you're chosen or not by answering the call. The call's going out to everybody who gets chosen. The ones that said, that's me. That's me. You're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So, there's a progression of what's going on now. He said, I called you out of darkness into a wonderful light so that you can begin to show me. So when we talk about calling, we need to respond to a call. What is that call? To be in the presence of God. To live in the presence of God. But God says, I need you to live in the presence of God, not just because I like that. I need you to live there so that the world can see who I am through you. You cannot represent God if he's not occupying your space. You cannot represent God if you don't allow him to clean up your space. Amen? Can you see how good this is? Because God has a reason for our life, and this is what I'm, I want to speak to us. We are, we are incredible in his kingdom. He has a plan for us. He has a purpose for us. And we like to use this word, he has a call for us. But what does that mean? That's what I want to talk about. Because <laughs> we don't just have a call that just speaks to our gift, that puts us above somebody else in a certain category because of how wonderful and special we are. Nothing about that matters until we go through that same 101 prerequisite of the first call. I must repent. I must get close. Amen? But God says, now, you do that, and I have a purpose for your life of showing somebody else that they don't have to live in darkness either, but they can live in my light. But it requires our answer are living, are responding to his call. We, we respond to that call. It becomes a pattern in our life. If you're going to get to be big and muscular, it can't be something that just happened last week. You're doing it how many times a week? Five times a week. It, it, it becomes your life. It becomes who you are. You live and you breathe the call. But what he's saying, he said, I, 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 I want to take this gift that I put inside of you and make it so it's not just magnifying you, but it's magnifying me. So that somebody else can be brought out of darkness into light. Amen? As a result, you show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Does it, is that a reality? 
I'll tell you what, the more we answer this call that God is, is making to us now, he's calling us. He's saying, get close to me. Draw near to me. Let me purify you. Let me equip you with goodness. <laughs> and you'll find out what real life is. We have so many other things coming out. It's like I said. They're trying to say, this is, this is going to gratify you. This is going to make it wonderful for you today. You know what? If we walk, wake up on the wrong side of the bed, God has an answer to get us on the right side of the bed. And he said, if you'll just listen to my call, I'm calling you to know me, first of all. But then there's things inside of you that you are frustrated with because they're not coming to their fruition. He said, if you'll just answer this call first, it will allow you to go to that next step to where what I've made you to be isn't just you making it happen, but I get involved. Amen? I've called you out of darkness into wonderful light. I've got just one more thing here, and we'll, we'll, we'll be done with this, all right? 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Response to his call of separation prepares for his residence as a father. So I've already spoken to this, but I want to just read through this passage. It says, don't be teamed with those who do not love the Lord. For what do the people of God have in common with the people of sin? How can light live with darkness? He said, I've called you out of darkness. Anytime there's sin, anytime there's a way that's not of God in our life, it's a darkness. It's an inability to be able to see clearly. It's an inability to be able to understand. That's what's happened to our nation right now. We've, we've left God out of things, and so it's gotten really dark. And people are saying things that just don't even make any sense. It's like they might as well just be in the dark because they obviously can't see anything in front of their face. Right? But he's calling us. And he's saying, if you're going to be able to hear my voice, you're going to have to separate yourself from some other voices in your life. I could be right next to you, and you would not be able to hear my voice if, you're, if your face is focused on another set of lips, another source of information, right? He says, how can light live with darkness? And what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a Christian be a partner with one who doesn't believe? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For you are God's temple. Okay. People want to just go right to this verse and say, well, I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't bother me. But he's saying it in the context of how can darkness and light be connected if you want to be led by the light. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For you are God's temple, the home of the living God. And God has said of you, I will live in them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. That is why the Lord has said, leave them, separate yourselves from them. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you and be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. This is the passion of God. He said, I want to be with you. I don't want to just be your father in name. I want you to be my child 
from your choosing. That you've responded to my call to, to take you there. Okay? So I want to get into some things uh, maybe next week or maybe I split it up in a couple weeks. But just talking about where God wants to take us. Because we are called. Each one of us are called with a purpose. But what does that mean? The focus isn't on us. It's, it's, the focus is on what we've been choosing to be. What we've been choosing to answer to. The call has nothing to do with the, with the person. has to do with the call that's been given to them. And their, their response to it. Amen? So I believe God has a, has a, a purpose for us that is huge. But it's all going to be contingent upon us answering this. Father, I repent. I'm on, I'm on a continual uh, mission of saying, God, not my will, but your will. God, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing your presence. God, I don't know you like I want to know you. I want to, I, I like this, this song we sang today, and, and I, think it's, I don't think it's out of faith. He says, I, I, uh, fe I feel, I see. What was, um, what was that phrase that we sang over and over again? No, um, the song before that, we had a track for it. Um, I, I see it. I can feel it deep within my, if we're not feeling the presence of God, if we're not seeing the presence of God, you know, there, there's things that we stand in faith with when we don't see, but the presence of God is something that we should, we should have in a, in a, a lifetime in. I should be able to feel the presence of God right now. By the Holy Spirit, I should be able to, to just tap into that right now. For it to be real to me. Amen? And God's calling us. He said, please come to me. This place where you can feel me, where you can see me, where you can, where you can touch and, and know my presence in a tangible way. I'm calling you to know that so that it can change who you are. Those things in you that you're called, that I've called you to become. That I, I, need, I need the world to know you because I've because you've chosen me. Amen? He said, but you're going to need to do this. You're going to need to... You're, you're going to need to make it so that some of those other relationships in your life that are keeping you from hearing me, you're going to need to choose. It's going to be your choice. Isn't, isn't God wonderful in this regard? He doesn't make us do things. He said, I'm calling you. It's your choice. You can answer. You can respond, or you can say, no, I'm good already. I have enough religion already. I don't need you. I don't need a relationship. And he says, no, you need a relationship if you're, if you're really going to change. If you're really going to find out the call that I have for your life. And there's people in the world today that will know, not know God until we get our call right with God. And God sees that as very significant. He doesn't see that as a small thing. So, so many times we want to make this just about us, just about what I'm going through. God says, no, there's a purpose through you that is your calling. That until you lay down your life, separate yourself from some relationships. It might not be relationships with people. It might be some things, some substance, some meditations, some entertainment. I believe God is speaking to us right now that it's not something that's going to be negative. It's out of darkness. All of that stuff is darkness. Amen? Relationships that we get bound to sometimes. God said, you know what? That's not just a person. That's a darkness. 
And I can help you with, with separating yourself to where that voice isn't so loud in your life that you can't hear mine. He said, I need you to hear my voice. I need you to get close to me. Amen? I've got a couple things that we can. Can we just stand up here a second? Let's just respond. I believe God's speaking this to our hearts. A amen? You say, this is, this is me. And I, I encourage you, you know, if, if you don't have a, if your relationship with God has waned or if you, you don't have one today, this is why we were all created. This thing that God said that I, I want to walk with you. I, I, want, I want you to be my child. I, I want you to be, I want to be your father to you. This is what I'm calling you to right now. You know, and, and, and you know, I've grown up. My father's a pastor. I've, I've studied. I've, I've, I've preached a lot myself. But I want to I stand here like, God, I, I, I'm just beginning to know you. I'm desperate to know you. And I'm ready to take your voice and let it be bigger than any other in my life today.